Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Hi, Ralph. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing fine today. Okay. I see that we're blasting the uh, speakers here, the, the microphones. I'm going to turn it on down a little bit. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be a little bit better for our listeners' ears. Okay. That, uh, that would be good. We don't want to blast you out of your car or uh, on your walk or whatever, wherever you are. Uh, but uh, we do want to maybe start our talk today by talking about... Um, the assignment that we left you with um, at the end of last week's talk. Aha. I, I, uh, I remember that. Uh, do, you, do you have it written down so that we have it exactly as, as... Yeah, we were asking our listeners to develop a uh, statement of a goal uh, that they were passionate about. And... We said it had to be in 10 words or less. Yep, I remember that. Okay, well, I didn't hear from any of our uh, listeners, uh, but uh, then again, I didn't check our Facebook page either. But I did the assignment, Ralph. Oh, that's very good, Jim. What did you uh, end up with? Well, it, I, a lot of, lot of soul-searching here in terms of uh, what I uh, kind of came up with. But the, um, uh, and I didn't write it down, but what I came up with as a goal was that I wanted to monetize the work that I'm doing uh, online. Uh, that, that's it, monetize the work I'm doing online so that it makes a difference to the, uh, uh, the Carol income. Okay, so. that, that's uh, uh, certainly a, a goal that you could be very passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, I also did one and my goal uh, came out in eight words. Use psychology helping listeners best selves benefiting their circle. Okay, very good. You, you are um, a, a, a true, um, what would be the word? Um, not patriot, but unselfish Alt person there. Altruist. Altruist, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, on the other hand, since we uh, are partners, if you end up monetizing the work that you do, uh, I'll end up benefiting too. Okay, well, good. And, <laughs> and, and I thought about it in a, a larger sense than just having people you know, support our podcasts, but rather um, oh, something we've talked about, and that is uh, putting together courses uh, that would help people. For example, in my field, psychology, you've got to take uh, a number of continuing education credits each time you go for licensing renewal, you know, okay. usually every two years. And uh, you have to take uh, usually 30 or so credits. And uh, uh, there are some interesting courses out there, but uh, a lot of them are pretty deadly also. They're, they're very static. And, you know, what I'd like to do is to take some of the, the things that we've learned about uh, online instruction and make some courses that would be uh, helpful for people. So like you, I want to be helpful, uh, but I would like to be you know, paid for our time, you know, so that we can get you a new car. <laughs> <laughs> or we can, uh, we can get uh, in our fancy studio here, we can get some new equipment rather than just a <laughs> laptop and a desktop. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Part of my 
my thing, Jim, my, my goal that I'm passionate about is, uh, and, and this is something I haven't said to you this directly, but I'm going to say it now and maybe get your spontaneous reaction to it. I'm all ears. And this is for our listeners also. When you know who you are, you know what to do. I think that's right. Yeah. And for example, you're an educator. You know, you are a um, compassionate individual. You, know, you care about people. So what's your, what was yours again? To use psychology. Helping listeners best selves, benefiting their circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I too wanted, I'm a teacher, and, but, and wanted to use the teaching uh, to help people, but at the same time being paid for it. Right. Uh, now, one of the things that... You know, uh, and that sounds really bad, but, you no, know, have you ever been given something? You know, just, you, you sort of expect that something that you pay for is going to be worthwhile, and something that costs nothing is worth exactly... Nothing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I guess, Jim, you know, that... Uh, a lot of us, uh, when we're raising our children, we want to be good parents. Is there quotation marks around good? Good, yes. Okay. And what we do is we try and give them things. Aha, uh -huh. I see that with the, a lot of the parents that uh, I work with. They're, kind of, they're almost trying to buy their kids love and affection uh, because of the circumstances that they've sometimes put their kids in, like divorce and yeah. abuse and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the things then you could say is uh, the way to avoid that is to say to your children, I can give you an opportunity to take guitar lessons, to uh, take martial art lessons or whatever, whatever you might be interested in. I'll find you a school, art lessons, you know, everything. But I make a deal with you. If we sign up, we can't. We don't quit. Yeah, and you, we talked about that last week, too. And it's not that the kid who absolutely hates martial arts is going to be forced to be in martial arts for 10 or 12 or 15 years. It's... Uh, that if you sign up for a, a year or for six months, you stick you do it out. It. You stick it out for that length of time, and then there are other options, you know, down the down the line. Yeah, and and, and that sticking it out is important because it is the kind of thing that helps young people or people of any age develop grit. Right, right, and uh, the uh, and if we see about fifty percent of the marriages. Uh, ending in divorce, um, what I suppose we're teaching kids at an early age that they can bail out from unpleasant things is that they don't have to fix their unpleasant thing, but rather they can just you know shelve it. So yeah, we you know we we talked about grit, and today we're going to talk about uh, resilience. But usually, Ralph, you start with some uh, uh, thoughts from uh, 
Seneca and uh, 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 his uh, his crew, uh, the, the Marcus group that, Aurelius mm -hmm. and, and other Stoics. Yeah, the group and, that we call the Stoics, right? And I've got uh, I've got another five today that seem to uh, kind of bear on resilience. Okay, let's hear them. Don't follow the mob. <laughs> okay, don't follow the mob. Now this one. Um, you might not immediately see its connection with resilience, but I think there is one. Every person is an opportunity for kindness. Aha, uh -huh. okay. And, uh, you know, when, when you said, you know, don't follow the mob, uh, two, two images came to mind. One was the uh, French Revolution, and the other was uh, uh, January 6th in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, in both cases, we had to dig hard to find uh, people who were uh, uh, looking for kindness. But in, in um, uh, the French Revolution, we have uh, um, uh, the, the fellow who, it wasn't Defarge, who went to jail for somebody else. Yeah, I, I know who you mean. Yeah. Uh, and um, think of... Uh, think of some of the people who... Uh, hid uh, persecuted people, uh, sometimes Jews, sometimes gypsies, sometimes gay people, from the Nazis. Yeah, right. At the risk of possibly their lives. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so not going along with the crowd. Okay. And extreme kindness. Yeah. So, but here's uh, resilience personified. Prepare for life's inevitable setbacks. Okay, good good point. Because setbacks, I think, are inevitable. And, it, yep. and we're not talking from a, uh, a pessimistic point of view here, but rather maybe a realistic point of view. The stock and, market goes up, the stock market goes down. Yeah, um, and COVID-19 uh, hits, our job suddenly goes down. Uh, Different at, yeah. or, or disappears. Yeah. Uh, and the classic example of that in our lives is um, you and your wife are setting out to build a, a new house on the, the same property that your old house is. And uh, building materials go up 150%. Just skyrocket, no question. And I mean, that happens over a period of about three weeks. Yeah, or more than more. more than, yeah, well, yeah. maybe more than three weeks. But, but but yeah. So our builder called us the other day and said, you know, normally the materials for the house that you want, and it's not a huge house, yeah, would be about a hundred and oh, about seventy thousand dollars. Now we didn't go into exactly what that is, but I think it's plywood and siding yeah, and windows siding and, and doors and stuff yeah. like that. Because I think there's other costs like wells and getting electricity down to the site and things like that. But um, since we started to um, uh, plan, yeah, you know, plan. In, in, in January, you know, we were looking at a house that was going to cost $235,000. And my first house that I purchased cost $35,000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, okay, but, you know, so 235 uh, and uh, uh, yesterday, or the day before, when we talked, uh, the house was now going to come in at uh, over four hundred thousand dollars. 
It's yeah. for a three-bedroom ranch that's, you know, 1,300 square feet. Yeah, and that, um, I mean, that is um, not... Um, that was not, not predictable. Not predictable. So it's a setback. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we know about the stock market goes up, the stock market goes down. Prices go up, prices come down. Mm -hmm. They might not come down all the way to where they were in 2016, mm -hmm. but they will come down from this spike. Yeah, and so right now we just have to, uh, you know, sort of grin and bear it. You yeah, know, we've uh, we've got the uh, we've got the road in, we've got the site prepared, and we're ready to build when we can afford it. So. Okay, the other two, the last two from the Stoics. No, 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 come on. You said that you had five of them. I do. So number one was to be kind. Number uh, two is... No, number one was don't follow the mob. Don't follow the mob, okay. Number, number two, two is, was be kind. Every uh -huh. person's an opportunity for kindness. Okay. Uh, number three was prepare, prepare for life's inevitable setbacks. Okay, I, I apologize for, for missing, for, I think I, in my mind I put one and two together. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, the fourth one is associate only with people that make you better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, uh, <laughs> no question, right? Right. Okay. Now, classic example of that is if you are in a household where all of the ad adults in the household smoke, the chances are very good you will grow up to be a smoker. Okay. So, you know, you associate with people who, in this case, by example, are not making you better. Uh-huh, right. But the thing is, you know, if you're a kid in a house and the adults are smoking, there's not a lot you can do about it. But you can you can kind of focus on maybe your cub master or scout master and and try to uh, find another role model. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I got you. And the last one, and this is one that really applies to a lot of us today. If someone offends you realize you are complicit in taking offense. So, uh, what does that mean, you're complicit in taking offense? Well, you can't take offense unless you take offense. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So, right. somebody says something stupid to you. Mm -hmm. And you flame. And you flame. Uh, that's, that's you. Mm -hmm. Somebody says something stupid to you, and you say... Well, everybody's got an opinion. Um, you know, you're you're entitled to yours. Uh huh. And you don't take offense. Okay. You don't say, "Oh my God, that's so stupid." Mm -hmm. Now, think of what we were talking about the other week, where uh, the uh, replies and discussions on Twitter can indicate the likelihood of heart attacks in a region. Yeah, that was pretty interesting research, wasn't it? It wasn't that the uh, uh, older people were necessarily on Twitter uh, getting negative feedback, but that the negative feedback in a region sort of uh, 
what, um, permeated the whole culture, right? Yeah, generalized. So if you're if you're hostile and angry all the time, uh, and there's enough of you in a region that that becomes the culture of the region, then people who are older and susceptible to uh, strokes and heart attacks pick it up. Pick it up. Uh huh. Sort of the what be the opposite of herd immunity, right? Yeah. What be, exactly. A herd infection, almost. Okay. So. So those are the the five stoical principles of, for for today, and today we're going to get into resilience, which I think we've touched upon. Resilience is getting through things when life is what adverse. Adverse. It's the old saying about when when things are. When life gives you lemons, you know, you can yeah. suck on a lemon and be, uh, yeah, or you can make lemon. Yeah, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Okay, yeah. So, grit is the tendency to sustain interest in an effort toward very long-term goals. Well, that sounds more like re uh, resilience, isn't it? Well, it is, but the thing is, resilience keeps you falling uh, from falling down permanently. Okay, good. So, grit is about intense passion for a particular goal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, resilience is what happens when uh, the sustained, consistent effort, uh, even, you know, in the face of struggle, faltering, failing, uh, Resilience is what enables us to bounce back. Uh-huh. Okay. Not get bogged down, not get depressed, not get angry, but but bounce. But bounce. Okay. So, again, you know, if we use the example of Edison, 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, okay, I failed. I failed. Uh, it's about the guy... Well, the, the classic example, I guess, from modern times is Rowling uh, with the, uh, the Harry Potter stories. Oh, yeah? How, uh, how so? Well, she wrote the first Harry Potter story uh, and read it to her child. Uh, she wrote a lot of it on uh, public transit on the way to and from her work. Okay. Uh, and she'd come home and read it to her child. And at the end of the thing, she had a complete story. And she thought, okay, well, uh, I'll put this together. I'll, I'll type it up and I'll send it in. Okay. 43 publishers said it's well written, but we can't use it. Hmm. Okay. The 44th took it. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Harry Potter is a household... Uh... Household name. Okay. So, grit then is persistence in the face of adversity. It's the passion that she, she had. So those are the two, two P's for, right. for, for grit. But, it, you know, um, when uh, we in academia write something, we send it to a, a potential publisher and we get it accepted or re oftentimes you know, rejected. Uh, a lot of my colleagues would take that rejection or have taken that rejection as, you know, this is no good, it'll never be any good, and, uh, you know, forget it. 
Uh, and some of my colleagues, even in, in the psychology department, after getting one or two rejections, have just said, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to, you know, myself, yeah. I've got a whole desk full, of, uh, desk drawer full of rejection slips here. But And you get them back, you say, okay, they tell me that they can't publish it as it is because, mm -hmm. you know, if I fix that uh, and send it in to another publisher. Or send it back to the one. Back that, to the original yeah. publisher, yeah. yeah. And in Rowling's case, um, she was sending it in to, I think she said, three publishers at a time. So she'd send out three letters. Uh-huh. And... Um, so think of that, uh, 3 into 43. Uh, That's about 12, 13. So, yeah. 13 times that she submitted it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, how many of us would have said, okay, uh, I, I've submitted this to six publishers and nobody likes it. Uh, I think I'll just go and eat some worms. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. know. Yeah. But resilience is what keeps you coming back and saying, I know this is good, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that goes back to if you know who you are, mm -hmm. okay. uh, because then if you know who you are, you're prepared to say, I know this is good. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I know there's a pony in here somewhere. Right. The punchline of an old joke. Okay. So, yeah, so resilience is what happens to you in uh, adverse circumstances, right? Yeah. It's not so, when life is... All good, and you're, you know, winning the lottery every day, and you, it's just it's what happens in the, uh, uh, the, the cold light of day when you find that uh, your things uh, aren't aren't working very well. Yeah, that the estimate so, for your new house is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than you got. Okay. Yeah. So grit is the engine that moves us toward our goal. Mm-hmm. And resilience helps us stay. Yeah, resilience is the oil that keeps the engine moving. Aha, good, good analogy. So, you know, you fall down, you get up. I mean, the Japanese saying, fall seven, rise eight. Okay. You know, um, so the important thing then as a takeaway is that um, you you can't really be gritty without having resilience. Okay. Okay. I now, gotcha. think of some of uh, the young people that you've worked with, Jim. Um, you uh, you look at uh, at a child, and uh, their parents say, "Well, we've given them everything." Uh, they uh, they are really uh, bright children. They don't uh, have to struggle. Well, you know, I, a kid who's really bright and doesn't have to struggle, uh, that child is going to be okay in elementary school. They're going to be okay in high school, perhaps. Uh, they may be okay in undergraduate uh, education and then sooner or later they're going to step into life and find something that uh, just smacks them upside the head. 
<laughs> yeah, and that does happen, I think. And do a lot. You know, maybe because they've had smooth sailing all the way, they have never developed any resilience. Yeah, that that's very possible. Uh, when we began this series, um, what, five weeks ago, four weeks ago, we were talking about um, uh, the uh, the military and uh, the preparation for becoming a ranger or a SEAL. And uh, if I remember correctly, one of the things with the SEALs is that uh, the goal of the instructor was to try and get you to quit, right? Yeah. And, and they're pretty successful because the success rate for SEALs was, you gave it to me, was it one in 10 or one in uh, one in 100? I think it's about one in nine. One in nine. So, uh, but so you, you have to remember that these the, are the elite. These going are the in. elite going in, and and eight leave. Yeah, one stays. One stays. Yeah. yeah, and you know, that's the kind of thing that is important. I think with the with the seals or the rangers or hey Ralph, suppose you and I go rock climbing, um, you know, and uh, you get up the rock first and lower down the rope. And I'm getting going up the, the 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 rock with the rope. I sure as heck hope that you've got some uh, resilience when it comes to hanging on, on the, the rope. rope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, again, uh, think of the person whose life has been smooth sailing all the way along, uh, and then they're uh, they're 32 years old. Uh, they've been married since they were. Uh, 25 to uh, a beautiful woman uh, they've had a happy household and they come home one day and they find their wife sitting in the living room uh, looking serious and they come in and and their wife says I've been having an affair and I want a divorce okay that uh, that's an unexpected adverse uh, uh, situation I, I would think now, so how does the uh, how does the resilient person handle this? Well, the non-resilient person, and I'm going to tell you from personal experience, I mean, not, not my personal experience, but a friend of mine faced that same situation, and it threw him into a serious depression that lasted about three years. Okay. Now, uh, I can think of another friend whose experience uh, was suddenly losing his job, which some of us have done uh, in these COVID times. So yeah, some of us have, have lost jobs, no question. He went to, uh, he went to the college uh, one day and it was spring, they were redoing the, uh, the course offerings and uh, his dean said, uh, we don't need you. What do you mean you don't need me? Well, we don't have any place for you, so we're going to retire you. Well, we've talked about this before, Ralph, that a lot of people get a lot of meaning from their life out of their work. Right. So this could have hit this professor pretty hard. It did. And again, it was another long-term depression. Uh-huh. Okay. So what the resilient person might do is say, this is an external problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I'm, I'm unhappy that my spouse 
found something that she likes better, someone she likes better. I'm unhappy that uh, that they don't have a place for me in my former work. Mm -hmm. But that's not on me. Okay. You know, yeah. so I'm okay. Right at the moment, the situation is not okay. Okay. But I'm still okay, so I can recover from this. All right. You know, that's a, uh, a good point. Um, I've been teaching at CMU since 1971. And then there was a time when I was 55 and I retired. I took early retirement. Um, and then, well, what am I going to do at this point? So I ended up at a community college and then I ended up back at CMU. So my last, quotes, retirement was, I think, 2018, um, when indeed they said, you know, of the course I was teaching, that we're going to give this course to doctoral students and, you know, sayonara. Well, at that point, yeah, I was old enough to really retire, you know, yeah. late retirement, I suppose, but I still thought I had something to offer, so I dusted off my, my license and went to, instead of teaching, went to uh, clinical work, which I wanted to go into 50 years ago, but ended up in teaching, and now I'm finding a lot of satisfaction in the clinical work yeah as opposed to, so that would be I guess some resilience in that at least I'm didn't get knocked down into a serious state of depression and, and began to see some options right yeah and the other thing is Jim when you think about it um, you really have said when you first took your training when you were teaching and in therapy my passion is to help people yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, for the benefit of our listeners who wouldn't know this, when Jim was working in uh, the uh, maximum security prison in Canada, uh, he came to the conclusion that the people that he was seeing as a prison psychologist were significantly less likely to be able to be helped uh, because they were adults, some of them in their 50s and 60s. Right, yeah. And uh, the, the other thing that I noticed was that they had all gone through the public school system. Uh, most of them were bright. Uh, most of them were very unsuccessful, so that uh, they had a, an average of about a sixth grade education. And... Uh, uh, they had a lot of adverse experiences as uh, as kids uh, and became delinquents and ended up in reformatory and then, you know, medium security prison. And finally, you know, they got to uh, the big house you know, and they're, they're in a maximum security prison and they're going to be there for quite some time. And that's when I decided that, hey, maybe an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so I gave up my job, went back to Rutgers, I went to Rutgers in their school psychology program so I could work with people at the prevention level. And so that's what I'm now doing again. Right. So uh, a goal you were passionate about 50 years ago, you're still passionate about. Okay, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, so... Um, for example, um, if you're not a social person, 
becoming more social, purposely connecting with others can help. Now, it's not easy. So if you're a profound introvert, for example, uh, going to parties, not going to be your strong point, but it can help you to overcome uh, social phobia, mm -hmm. which in turn might help you overcome your difficulties in doing a job interview, which in turn might help you get the job you want. Yeah, true. You know, so if you've gone to three job interviews and you haven't got a job, maybe it's the way you're presenting yourself because you have social phobia. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and we I mean I mean it could be other reasons, yeah. but I'm just giving that as one example. Yeah, and we psychologists could can help people with a social phobia. You don't have to put somebody immediately into a party situation. You can do role playing, you know, put people into a a situation where they're interacting with one or two other people and yeah we can that's a cognitive behavioral approach yeah it actually works um, get control over how you respond to adverse events you experience we've just been talking about that for the last 10 minutes mm -hmm. gotcha um, Heraclitus the Greek philosopher said that the only constant in life is change okay yeah and somebody else said the only person that likes change is a wet baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and you know, uh, that, that's certainly true. I mean, the, the world we're living in right now uh, is very different than the world of 2019. Mm. I thought you were going to go back and say the world of, of 1950, because <laughs> you, you drag that one into our conversations a lot. But you're right, the world has changed a lot in two years. Yeah. You know? So, you know, um, I'm not saying that all of the changes were for the better, but some people have discovered that their job uh, can be handled while working at home, mm -hmm. and some people are maybe happier doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now we're running into people who are saying, well, and they call me back to the office. I've got to commute every day and, you know. Uh, yeah, i got to dress for success when I've been yeah. know, pretty happy wearing my, uh, my yoga, yoga pants. And yeah. yeah, I was talking to my daughter about that the other day, about how uh, there's a certain, particularly with uh, women, I think, a certain dress code or dress standard that has to be maintained in a professional office, and she said, you know, yeah, i got to get back into my spankies, you know, yeah. whatever that, I'm not sure what that it meant, I didn't follow it up, but I think it probably means, you know, uncomfortable underwear. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, now, one of the things that uh, we can look at, uh, and actually, uh, we should put this up, there is a, uh, an APA, uh, uh, course on uh, resilience. Oh, okay. And we'll have to find that link and, and put it up. Okay. Well, sounds sounds good. Well, he started with the uh, the Stoics who, man, you know, every time you bring in some of the Stoic quotes, I can't help but uh, uh, be amazed that 2,000 years ago, these guys got it right. They did, I think. And... Uh, 
So now, uh, I think what, uh, what we can do is maybe sign off for today, encourage our listeners to uh, follow up the Learn More link to the APA course on resilience. Uh, it will require you to do a, a certain amount of work on yourself. And uh, one of the things to remember is nothing's easy, but when you know yourself, you know what to do. So just a reminder for our listeners, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. And so until next time, this is Jim. And Rolf. Signing off. Bye-bye. Well... Oh.